Hello and welcome to episode 497 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terence M. Stanton. We're recording on Tuesday, April 11th, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with St. Alphonsus Liguri's Tuesday prayer to the Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain a good death. O Mary, how shall I die? Even now that I think of my sins and of that decisive moment on which my salvation or eternal damnation depends, of that moment in which I must expire and be judged, I tremble and am confounded. O my most sweet mother, my hopes are in the blood of Jesus Christ and in thy intercession. O comfortress of the afflicted, do not then abandon me. Cease not to console me in that moment of so great affliction. If I am now so tormented by remorse for sins committed, the uncertainty of pardon, the danger of relapse, and the rigor of divine justice, what will become of me then? Unless thou helpest me, I shall be lost. Ah, my lady, before death obtain me great sorrow for my sins, thorough amendment, and fidelity to God during the remainder of my life. And when my last moment arrives, O Mary, my hope, help me in the great distress in which I shall then be. Encourage me, that I may not despair at the sight of my sins, which the devil will place before me. Obtain that I may then invoke thee more frequently, so that I may expire with thy most sweet name and that of thy beloved son on my lips. Nay more, my lady, but forgive my boldness. Before I expire, do thou come thyself and comfort me with thy presence. Thou hast granted this favor to so many of thy devout servants. I also desire and hope it. I am a sinner, it is true. I do not deserve so great a favor, but I am thy servant, love thee, and have full confidence in thee. O Mary, I shall expect thee. Do not disappoint me of this consolation. At least, if I am not worthy of so great a favor, do thou help me from heaven, that I may leave this life, loving God in thee, to love thee eternally in paradise. May all the words that I speak be so many arrows dipped in the blood of thy sacred heart, O Jesus, to pierce the hearts of all who hear them with love for thee. Amen. Holy face of Jesus of the Vale of Veronica prayers. Dear Lord, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer these prayers in reparation for the sins which most offend God in our times, blasphemy, the profanation of Sunday and holy days, and communism. Pater noster, quies in celi, sanctificator nomen tuam, adveniat regnum tuam, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panam nostrum quotidianum de nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitibus debitoribus nostris, et nenos inducas in tentationem, sed libra nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honora mortis nostrae. Amen. Gloria Patri, et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto, sicut erat in principio, et nunc et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. The Golden Arrow Prayer. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most mysterious and unutterable name of God be praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and in the hells by all God's creatures and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. For the defeat of communists, Freemasons, and all revolutionary men. Eternal Father, I offer thee the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and all the instruments of his holy passion, that thou mayest put division in the camp of thy enemies. For as thy beloved Son hath said, a kingdom divided against itself shall fall. 
Eternal Father, we offer thee the holy face of Jesus, covered with blood, sweat, dust, and spittle, in reparation for the crimes of communists, blasphemers, and for the profaners of the holy name and of the holy day of Sunday. Amen. Friends, we're going to continue our look at the traditional Latin Mass, compliments of the excellent Fish Eaters website located at fisheaters.com. This is entitled Mental and Spiritual Preparation. For a little meditation while attending the Mass, read how the movements and prayers of the priest mirror the events of Christ's passion, resurrection, and ascension. A hyperlink is given there. Keep in mind always that while you're at the Mass, you are at the foot of the cross. Now that your mind understands, you've got to get your head right. Consider this advice from Pope St. Pius X of Most Happy Memory. The Holy Mass is a prayer itself, even the highest prayer that exists. It is the sacrifice dedicated by our Redeemer at the cross and repeated every day on the altar. If you wish to hear the Mass as it should be heard, you must follow with eye, heart, and mouth all that happens at the altar. Further, you must pray with the priest the holy words said by him in the name of Christ and which Christ says by him. You have to associate your heart with the holy feelings which are contained in these words and in this manner you ought to follow all that happens on the altar. When acting in this way, you have prayed Holy Mass. Don't pray at Mass, but pray the Mass. And please read this excerpt from Pope Pius XII's Mediator Dei, in which he explains how we are of the royal priesthood, excuse me, how we of the royal priesthood should approach the most holy sacrifice of the Mass. So this is from Mediator Dei by Pius XII. But there is also a more profound reason why all Christians, especially those who are present at Mass, are said to offer the sacrifice. In this most important subject, it is necessary, in order to avoid giving rise to a dangerous error, that we define the exact meaning of the word offer. The unbloody immolation at the words of consecration, when Christ is made present upon the altar in the state of a victim, is performed by the priest and by him alone, as the representative of Christ and not as the representative of the faithful. But it is because the priest places the divine victim upon the altar that he offers it to God the Father as an oblation for the glory of the blessed Trinity and for the good of the whole church. Now the faithful participate in the oblation, understand in this limited sense, after their own fashion and in a twofold manner, namely, because they not only offer the sacrifice by the hands of the priest, but also to a certain extent, in union with him. It is by reason of this participation that the offering made by the people is also included in liturgical worship. Now it is clear that the faithful offer the sacrifice by the hands of the priest from the fact that the minister at the altar in offering a sacrifice in the name of all his members represents Christ, the head of the mystical body. Hence, the whole church can rightly be said to offer up the victim through Christ. But the conclusion that the people offer the sacrifice with the priest himself is not based on the fact that, being members of the church, no less than the priest himself, they perform a visible liturgical rite. For this is the privilege only of the minister who has been divinely appointed to this office. Rather, it is based on the fact that the people unite their hearts in praise, impetration, expiation, and thanksgiving with prayers or intention of the priest, even of the high priest himself, so that in the one and same offering of the victim and according to a visible sacerdotal rite, 
they may be presented to God the Father. It is obviously necessary that the external sacrificial rite should, of its very nature, signify the internal worship of the heart. Now the sacrifice of the new law signifies that supreme worship by which the principal offer himself, who is Christ, and in union with him and through him, all the members of the mystical body pay God the honor and reverence that are due to him. We are very pleased to learn that this teaching, thanks to a more intense study of the liturgy on the part of many, especially in recent years, has been given full recognition. We must, however, deeply deplore certain exaggerations and overstatements which are not in agreement with the true teaching of the Church. Some, in fact, disapprove altogether of those Masses which are offered privately and without any congregation, on the ground that they are a departure from the ancient way of offering the sacrifice. Moreover, there are some who assert that priests cannot offer Mass at different altars at the same time because, by doing so, they separate the community of the faithful and imperil its unity, while some go so far as to hold that the people must confirm and ratify the sacrifice if it is to have its proper force and value. They are mistaken in appealing in this matter to the social character of the Eucharistic sacrifice, for as often as a priest repeats what the divine re Redeemer did at the Last Supper, the sacrifice is really completed. Moreover, this sacrifice, necessarily and of its very nature, has always and everywhere the character of a public and social act, inasmuch as he who offers it acts in the name of Christ and of the faithful, whose head is the divine Redeemer. And he offers it to God for the Holy Catholic Church and for the living and the dead. This is undoubtedly so, whether the faithful are present, as we desire and commend them to be in great numbers and with devotion, or are not present, since it is in no wise required that the people ratify what the sacred minister has done. Still, though, it is clear from what we have said that the Mass is offered in the name of Christ and of the Church, and that it is not robbed of its social effects, though it be celebrated by a priest without a server. Nonetheless, on account of the dignity of such an august mystery, it is our earnest desire as Mother Church has always commanded, that no priest should say Mass unless a server is at hand to answer the prayers, as Canon 813 prescribes. In order that the oblation by which the faithful offer the divine victim in this sacrifice to the Heavenly Father may have its full effect, it is necessary that the people add something else, namely, the offering of themselves as a victim. This offering, in fact, is not confined merely to the liturgical sacrifice. For the Prince of the Apostles wishes us as living stones built upon Christ, the cornerstone, to be able as a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. St. Paul the Apostle addresses the following words of exhortation to Christians without distinction of time. I beseech you, therefore, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing unto God your reasonable service, but at that time, especially when the faithful take part in the liturgical service with such piety and recollection that it can truly be said of them, whose faith and devotion is known to thee, it is then with the high priest and through him they offer themselves as a spiritual sacrifice, that each one's faith ought to become more ready to work through charity, his piety more real and fervent, and each one should consecrate himself to the furthering of the divine glory, desiring to become as like as possible to Christ in his most grievous sufferings. This we are also taught 
by those exhortations which the bishop in the church's name addresses to priests on the day of their ordination. Understand what you do, imitate what you handle, and since you celebrate the mystery of the Lord's death, take good care to mortify your members with their vices and concupiscences. In almost the same manner, the sacred books of the liturgy advise Christians who come to Mass to participate in the sacrifice. At this altar, let innocence be an honor. Let pride be sacrificed, anger slain, impurity, and every evil desire laid low. Let the sacrifice of chastity be offered in place of doves, and instead of the young pigeons, the sacrifice of innocence. While we stand before the altar then, it is our duty so to transform our hearts that every trace of sin may be completely blotted out while whatever promotes supernatural life through Christ may be zealously fostered and strengthened even to the extent that in union with the immaculate victim, we become a victim acceptable to the eternal father. The prescriptions, in fact, of the sacred liturgy aim by every means at their disposal at helping the church to bring about this most holy purpose in the most suitable manner possible. This is the object not only of readings, homilies, and other sermons given by priests, as also the whole cycle of mysteries which are proposed for our commemoration in the course of the year, but it is also the purpose of vestments, of sacred rites, and their external splendor. All these things aim at enhancing the majesty of this great sacrifice and raising the minds of the faithful by means of these visible signs of religion and piety to the contemplation of the sublime truths contained in the sacrifice. All the elements of the liturgy then would have us reproduce in our hearts the likeness of the divine redeemer through the mystery of the cross, according to the words of the apostle of the Gentiles. With Christ, I am nailed to the cross. I live now, not I, but Christ liveth in me. Thus, we become a victim as it were, along with Christ to increase the glory of the eternal father. Let this then be the intention and aspiration of the faithful when they offer up the divine victim in the mass. For if, as St. Augustine writes, our mystery is enacted on the Lord's table, that is Christ our Lord himself, who is the head and symbol of that union through which we are the body of Christ and members of his body. If, St. Robert Bellarmine teaches, according to the mind of the doctor of Hippo, that in the sacrifice of the altar, there is signified the general sacrifice by which the whole mystical body of Christ, that is, all the city of redeemed, is offered up to God through Christ, the high priest, nothing can be conceived more just or fitting than that all of us in union with our head who suffered for our sake should also sacrifice ourselves to the eternal father. For in the sacrament of the altar, as the same St. Augustine has it, the church is made to see that in what she offers, she herself is offered. Let the faithful, therefore, consider to what a high dignity they are raised by the sacrament of baptism. They should not think it enough to participate in the Eucharistic sacrifice with that general intention which befits members of Christ and children of the church, but let them further, in keeping with the spirit of the sacred liturgy, be most closely united with the high priest and his earthly minister. At the time the consecration of the divine victim is enacted, and at that time, especially when those solemn words are pronounced, by him and with him and in him is to thee, God the Father Almighty, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, all honor and glory forever and ever. To these words, in fact, the people answer, Amen.
nor should Christians forget to offer themselves, their cares, their sorrows, their distress, and their necessities in union with their divine Savior upon the cross. So ends the article for today. Those sagacious words, of course, once again from Mediator Dei by Pope Pius XII. Let us offer up prayers and sacrifices for our non-speaking friends and family members, as we mentioned once again, Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, available on the web at halo-soma.org. If you know anyone who has been afflicted with non-speaking autism, friends, family members, acquaintances, please get this website to their family. Once again, halo-soma.org. And also tune in to episode 277 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast, in which I discuss with my wonderful sister and equally wonderful niece, RPM, an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, a system of communication for non-speakers. Communication is a human right. We want to get the word out there far and wide. Prayer for healing. Almighty and eternal God, healer of those who trust in you, through the intercession of St. Raphael Archangel, hear my prayer for non-speakers and their families. In your tender mercy, restore them to spiritual and bodily health that they may give you thanks, praise your name, and proclaim your wondrous love to all. I ask this through Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Memorari to St. Joseph. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto you, my spiritual father, and beg your protection. O foster father of the Redeemer, despise not my petitions, but in your goodness, hear and answer me. Amen. The three Hail Marys in honor of the immaculate purity of Our Lady of Fatima. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostri. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, Benedicta tu mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena. Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostrae. Amen. And a gloria patri for a special intention. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicut erat in principio et nunc et semper et in secula seculorum. Amen. By thy pure and immaculate conception, O Mary, obtain for me the conversion of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States of America, Canada, and the whole world. Virgo potens, or pernobis. Sancti Yosef, terra daimonem, or pernobis. Sancta Raphael Archangeli, or pernobis. In nomine Patris, et Fili, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for tuning in to episode 497 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. Follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. Also, if you think Our Lady's podcast is worthy of it, give us a five-star rating and review at Apple Podcasts or any other place where you are listening to the program. Above all else, offer our prayers and sacrifices for our Catholic bishops. Goodbye and God love you.